I want you to imagine coming home to a clean house. There are not 15 pairs of shoes next to your door. And this is confusing, but it makes you happy. And as you walk into the kitchen, the counters are clear and wiped down. And you peek into the living room and the blankets are all folded. And you don't step on a single toy. Bliss. <laughs> Y'all, I think that this has happened only a handful of times since I've had kids. Home organization does not come easy to me. It has always been much more difficult for me than organizing tasks or time. So I really do believe that there is something different about the skill of organizing physical things versus the skill of organizing conceptual things. But the principles of home organization, I think, can be applied to effective planning. So when I was working really hard to teach myself about home organization, I got so excited when I could make connections from the things that I was learning to keep my house clean and the things that I was learning to help me plan my week, my days. In this episode, I want to share with you three lessons home organization taught me about effective planning. It's going to be a fun one. Do you want to feel less scattered and more focused, but the idea of planning or goal setting sounds like adding more pressure to your already pressure-filled life? If that sounds like you, welcome to the Plan Goal Plan podcast. I'm Danielle McGue. I'm a professor, mom, and business owner. I started this podcast to help hardworking women and high-achieving mamas plan and set goals playfully and lightly. Unlike pressure-filled approaches, Plan Goal Plan centers on what delights you to help you envision all the possibilities your future holds. If you're ready to try easier, if you're ready to make memories and do meaningful work, grab a pen. I'm going to guide you through practices that will help you plan for clarity, set goals for direction, and act with purpose and delight. Let's get started. Happy spring. It is time for spring cleaning. It's time to open those windows. Does anyone else get excited for new scents? I really like I really like it when a season changes and you get to pick out new hand soaps and candles. Oh, I am so excited for sunshine and walks and trips to the park. If you can't tell, I have a little bit of a cold. I've been under the weather for a couple of weeks now actually and my voice is a little lower than normal. I actually like how my voice sounds on the podcast when I'm sick better than when it's regular. So if I sound a little different, that's why. But in the spirit of spring and it being spring cleaning season, I wanted to share some lessons I've learned from home organization. I also wanted to share with you some of my cleaning checklists. I love checklists. I think they're super helpful. And when I go into spring cleaning mode, I pull out my checklists and they keep me focused. They tell me what I need to do next and they keep me on track. So if you pop into the show notes, you can click on the free checklist link and download the super helpful cleaning checklist. And while you're there, leave me a quick review and then get to cleaning. 
and you can listen to this podcast and you can clean. In fact, as I was making the cleaning checklist, it pumped me up and I went on a quick cleaning spree. It like really energized me. So, you know, enjoy them. I hope that they are as productive for you as they were for me. So I don't know if any of you all are really good at juggling wild amounts of tasks at work, but your house is just a hot mess. <laughs> like you can never find a pair of scissors. Batteries are in three different places. Kids toys. Holy moly. Kids toys give me the shakes. <laughs> I'm not a particularly messy person, but I'm not a neat freak either. Um, I sometimes wish that I were. I'm just perfectly average when it comes to home organization. And about five, maybe seven years ago, I decided I really wanted to work on developing the skill of home organization. And I took a course from Lisa Woodruff at Organize 365. I think that she is brilliant. I think she's working on her PhD right now because she wants to study how people organize from a more research standpoint. Um, you really should check her out. But as I was moving through her course, by the way, I actually still repeat her course a couple times a year. I was really fascinated by how connected spatial or physical organization is to how we organize time or our ideas. So today I wanted to take three concepts from home organization and explain how they apply to planning. So I'm going to talk about decluttering, zones, and the container concept. All right, before that, babies. <laughs> okay, so having babies, I think, is what probably sent me over the edge and forced me into intentionally learning home organization. They have all of these like little clothes and they change sizes so quickly when they're little. And I remember thinking when I first became a parent that half of parenting was just like moving clothes around. And I pull up all of these YouTube videos from The Minimal Mom. Um, I read A Slob Comes Clean by Dana White. Y'all, I had so much to learn. One of the first principles of home organization that really stuck for me was this idea that you declutter first. You need to get rid of what you no longer need before you start organizing, or you're just shuffling your stuff around. So when Lisa Woodruff, she used to have a program, I think she's changed it up a bit, but where she would take you through a hundred days of organizing your home. And the first round, the priority was decluttering. So you went through these different spaces and what you did is you just eliminated you got rid of the things that you didn't need in those spaces. And then the second round was all about organizing. And then the third round was about efficiency and functionality. And planning your time is so similar. So if you have too many things on your schedule, you can shuffle it around all day long and it's still going to be packed. A lot is a lot, is a lot, is a lot, right? So I had to laugh at the start of my career. I would hear people talking about how flexible professors' schedules were. And, you know, to an extent, they're right. You do have a lot of privilege as a professor. You have some flexibility in where you work. Um, so I could work in a coffee shop or I could work at home as long as it wasn't my office hours, teaching times, or I was in a meeting somewhere. But the reason that I laughed when people would talk about how much flexibility a professor has is because at that time, I was easily working between 60 and 80 hours a week. This isn't a brag. 
Um, it's not healthy. And what I will say is flexibility doesn't matter much if you're always working. So I would print off these ideal week pages and I would try to map out my week and it was bonkers. And reorganizing my time was not getting me anywhere. I really needed to eliminate. This was really hard for me because I didn't want to give up anything. I also felt like if I did that I wouldn't be as successful. And so I felt like I needed to say yes to everything. So elimination, decluttering, it can be hard. But y'all, it also can feel so, so good. Just like it feels amazing when you're able to donate trash bags full of things. You can also feel some sweet, sweet relief when you eliminate hours of work from your calendar. And it is a wild lesson when you do it and nothing bad happens. So for me, when I learned how to declutter my time, right? When I learned how to eliminate things from my calendar and say, I'm going to do less better. I did get better at doing the things that remained on my calendar. Do less well, do less well. And just like home organization, you can eliminate, but if you don't stop bringing stuff into your home, you're just going to end up back where you started. So you can eliminate things from your calendar, but if you start saying yes over and over and over again, it's going to fill back up. After you declutter, you also have to put into practice habits that keep you from bringing stuff into your home. You have to change your relationship to buying. And the same thing goes with planning in your time. You have to change your relationship to what you say yes to and what you say no to. So after you've eliminated, after you've decluttered, you need to then make your schedule more functional. You need to start out by organizing when you do what. And then after that, you can really work on tweaking it, increasing your efficiency or your functionality. So one way that you can do this is through the second concept of home organization that I want to discuss, which is the concept of zones. So when you walk into your kitchen, do you have a drink zone? Maybe a breakfast zone? A prep zone? How can you put the items that you need in the proper zones? So the concept of zones for me was revolutionary. Prior, I might have stamps in my junk drawer, envelopes in my office, tape in the kids' craft area. And now I have a drawer in my office that's dedicated to mail. It's my mail zone. And it has envelopes. It has my address stamps. It has my tape. Anything that I would need in order to mail something are all grouped together and placed in the mail zone. And this seems so obvious to me now, but that's really not how I was doing things before. And so in home organization, one of the first steps to organizing a room is to just name the different zones and then figure out what items do you need in each zone and start putting the items that you would need in each zone together. So the concept of zones in home organization really reminds me of task batching or maybe even time blocking and planning. So task batching is where you collect similar tasks and you complete those tasks during a period of time. 
So you might create a list of all of your unanswered emails and then set aside a specific time to answer emails. And that's all that you do. It's email time. Time blocking is really similar. It involves scheduling your day in specific time slots or blocks for various activities. So the idea is that you assign a specific time to each task and then you solely focus on that task during the designated time block. This can really help you stay on track so that you avoid distractions and it can help you make sure that you have enough time to complete all the tasks on your to-do list. So how can you create zones in your day to complete certain tasks? So this might be, I'm going to have some meeting zones and these are the times that I'm going to block off for meetings and that's when I'm going to do meetings. So if somebody wants to schedule with me, this is when I'm available. You might have writing zones. You might have email zones. I mean, it depends on your job. It depends on your life, right? But think about what are the different zones that you need to have on your calendar and dedicate a certain amount of time to each zone. So at home, you might have dinner zones or outside zones or bedtime ritual zones. And the idea is that you designate a time in the day that certain tasks are going to get done, just like you might designate certain spaces to particular items or to particular tasks. So the prep zone in your kitchen. Now I put my cutting board right with all the knives that I use so that when it's time to prep, I can just grab both out of the same drawer. Where before I was keeping my cutting board with my other flat items like my baking sheets. And now they're together, my knives and my cutting board, and I can just grab them together. So I might, for example, batch together all the times that I'm doing planning. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to plan for the theater. I'm going to plan for the program that I direct. I'm going to plan for my house, right? I might do all of my planning all at once. Something that I did recently is I had an admin day and I made a list of all of the paperwork that I needed to do for my kids. I needed to call and make sure that I had their wellness checks scheduled, dentist appointments, all of those things. And I just had a day where I made all of those phone calls and I filled out all of the paperwork so that I got it all done at once and we were ready to roll. So take the concepts of zones and apply that to your calendar. And you might think of this a little bit like task batching or time blocking if you're familiar with those ideas. The final concept from home organization that also applies to planning is the container concept. And the container concept in home organization is the idea that you designate a container for particular items and then once it's full, it is full. No more. So. If we have a container for Legos, once it's full, no more Legos. A container might also be a cupboard. So if you have a shelf in your cupboard for mugs, once it's full, no more mugs, or you are donating one to make space for the new one. You might think about your schedule similarly. You might have so many meeting containers on your calendar, and once that container is full, no more meetings. Y'all, this was a little bit 
amazing for me when I figure this out because if people would ask me, hey Danielle, can I schedule a meeting with you? If I had an opening slot, I would just do it. And at one point, this was happening a lot during COVID. We were working from home and on Zoom a lot. And I realized I could handle about four Zoom meetings in a day. And then I was just Zoomed out. And at some point, I was like, once I've hit those four meetings, I'm done. Like, no more. And I said, hey, I'm full this week. Would you be willing to meet with me next week? I have a slot available on Tuesday, one on Thursday. You know, and I started communicating in that way. And this worked so much better for me. So you only have so many containers available. As a parent, you might say, we are going to dedicate so many of our family time containers to kids' activities. Once that time is full, no more no more activities. We aren't signing up for any more. I think it's Dawn from An Animal Mom that talks about this. She says that one of the freedoms of using the container concept is it makes you not the bad guy. It makes you not the bad person. You know, I'm not making you get rid of anything. It's just that we agreed that this container is what we're going to use and the things that we have no longer fit into the container. So that's why we got to get rid of things. It's not me. (laughs) It's the container that is dictating that it's time to let some things go. If I had a time as a family, you decide how much screen time is an okay amount. Once you've filled your screen time container, you're done. So you visually can see your container filling up. And once it's full, it's full. If you can't get the lid on anymore, it is time to take some things away. To recap, there's so many lessons from home organization that also apply to planning. Today, I talked about decluttering, the use of zones, and the container concept. If you are someone who can rock conceptual organization but struggles with physical or spatial organization, finding connections between the two is super, super helpful. So I want you to imagine a future of folded clothes and doors without piles of shoes next to them. I wish for you easy decluttering of your closet and your to-do list. I wish for you clear zones with clear purposes and containers that hold just the right amount because enough is enough. You have enough. You are more than enough. May you delight in these lessons found right in your home. If this podcast has inspired you, guided you, or just made you laugh, the number one way that you can thank me is by leaving a written review for the show over on Apple Podcasts. I'm seriously tickled every time that I hear from you all, so pop onto Instagram and follow Plan Go Plan and digital message me. I want to say hello. I want to geek out about all things planning and goal setting. Keep sensing the possibilities, y'all.